0: Hey, sweet friends, my name is Chef Schomburg. I started my baking business with a bottle of Serrano and one Bundt cake pan. Fast forward to today, from news to magazines, speaking on national stages and more, I can truly say that baking has changed my life. So now, as a bakery business coach, I get to help others have the same success, I've helped hundreds of my students across the world in my global membership program create six-figure businesses, mainly from home. The Bacon for Business podcast is an extension of that, from actionable tips to valuable tools and resources that can impact you as a business owner. I truly believe, y'all, we would never have been given a gift if we couldn't profit and prosper from it. So come on, darling, what are you waiting for? Hey, what is going on, sweet friends? And welcome back to the Baking for Business podcast. I am so excited to have you guys here with me today. I hope y'all are having an awesome week. As I'm recording this, we are in a new month and I hope this new month has already brought you some new and amazing blessings and so one of the things I wanted to cover today, because it's so easy, you know, as bakers, we we hop on YouTube, we try to learn all the tips and I could easily, I can go for days giving people tips, tips on how to sell, how to do this, how to do that. And as business owners, we always want more sales, but I think there's a deeper conversation to get into when your business actually isn't selling. So rather than hide or not tell anyone or not talk about it, I wanted to go over what are some of those reasons why? What are some of the things that actually cost bakers or hinder, I shall say, what are some of the things that actually hinder bakers from not getting the sale? And in actuality, I mean, this doesn't even have to be bakers. It can be anyone for my bakers, my, my sugar artists, cake artists. It doesn't matter what the item is, what is the reason why behind why people are not buying your products and services? Because at the end of the day, as a business, if you're not getting sales, you're not growing. But rather than throwing a towel, uh, fuss, point the finger, all oh, these customers, they don't want Sometimes it's really good to search within and ask why, especially if you're trying to turn that around. And so today I hope today's podcast does that. Now, this podcast isn't by no means anything to make you feel bad or to point a finger. But at the end of the day, as adults, we do have to take responsibility over our business. And if something isn't working, it's up to us to find out why, check, adjust, and try again. But you'll never know why you're not getting sales if you don't really pull back the layers and say, okay, what do I need to work on? What's really going on? What is it that no one's telling me? You ever been somewhere out with all your friends and you turn around and you have a lipstick on your teeth and you're like, you know, you're looking at your teeth and you're like, why didn't anybody say anything? Right? Like, these are all my friends. These are my high school buddies. They're so close to me. I've been out this whole time with lipstick on my teeth. Like, why didn't anybody say anything? And I feel it's like that in the baking community. I'll be in so many groups and I'll look at people, ask questions and posts and people will always try to want to say the kind thing. And and that's good. You know, we should definitely spread kindness, but no one ever really gets to the root cause of why. Like, tell me why. And I feel it's sometimes because people don't wanna be the bearer of bad news. I don't wanna be the bearer of bad news. But as a bakery business coach, I do have to check and adjust, and I do have to navigate my students on a path. And even those of you guys who are listening who are not my students, maybe you follow the page. The page, Baking for Business, bakingforbusiness.com, is a platform that is dedicated to sharing with you guys resources, tools, and tips. And so I can't just always share the good and not necessarily share, hey, these are some things I think that you really need to work on that maybe someone isn't telling you. Because at the end of the day, it's not what you say, but how you say it. So I hope you take these next 13 things that I'm going to say with love. That's all I want to do is deliver tough love. I want to see you win because I truly believe that's right. You never have been given a gift if you couldn't profit and prosper from it. So tip number one, 13 reasons why you're not getting sales, you're not closing deals, people aren't spending money with you, and have my handy sheet here. So if y'all hear the paper, that's what it is. One of the first reasons, and these aren't in any particular order, is because you're busy on social platforms versus sales platforms. So I think sometimes when people are new, it's so easy, everybody wants followers, and I hear from people all the time, how do I get more followers? And I'm like, oh, well, why do you want more followers? And then they look at me like, you know, I'm crazy. Well, I want more followers. Obviously I can get more sales. And I say, well, that's, that does make sense. You know, obviously maybe the, the more people who see your products, the more people who can buy. However, to the person listening right now, who has 100 followers, who has 20 followers, who has 500 followers, If the people who are following you right now aren't buying, then what's more going to do? Because what we really need to address is the people who you have right now, the audience, why are they not buying from you? So one of the things is that I noticed is that people are always trying to build followers versus building a connection with customers. And in doing so, they show up, they're trying to do all the things on social media, And social media is great. It's one tool that can definitely help you. But there are so many other amazing sites out there. So tip number one is you're busy on social platforms versus sales platforms. The difference with sales platforms is that when you position yourself on platforms, you're going to places where people are already ready to buy. These are people who are consumers who are searching for a business Sometimes when we come on social media, we're not searching for a business, we're searching for a connection, we're looking to be entertained, and as we scroll across a business, we find it. So part of your strategy as a marketer, and yes, you are a marketer, I know you're like, I'm a baker, but no, you have to market your business. And so part of being a baker and part of being a business owner is having a strategy to get sales. And if your only source of getting sales is social media, then that's a problem. So one of the reasons why you might not be actually getting the sales is because you're too busy on social media and you're not really giving any effort to sales platforms versus social platforms. I was just talking to one of my students earlier to reiterate this. You're more focused on vanity than sanity. So vanity metrics are great. I know they give you all the feels, but things that make you sane in your business are things that you rinse and repeat, things that can help you in the long term. Example, I understand that maybe posting on your website may not give you all the feels as posting on Instagram or TikTok. However, when your website is optimized, And your website allows you to tap into people locally who can potentially buy from you. Your website is one sales platform that can bring you in sales. But if you pay no attention to it and you put all your attention on social, then that's a problem. So tip number one, again, if it applies to you, take notes, do what you got to do. But you're busy on social platforms versus sales platforms. And there's tons of other ones I have my students focus on sales platforms only, those who are in my monthly group coaching membership, because at the end of the day, I like them to get daily sales. I don't want them to be the baker that just has wedding cake orders and stuff on the weekend. I want them every single day to be prepared to take orders and make money. So that's tip number one. Tip number two is that you don't ask for the sale. And I have this saying all the time. I mean, it's not mine. It came off the players club, but I say all the time, close mouths don't get fed. And so what I want you to do right now is I want you to do me a favor if you're watching this. I want you to look at your phone or if you're listening to this. I want you to look at your phone and go on your social media and I actually want you to look at your last seven posts. And out of those last seven posts, how often did you actually tell a person to buy from you? What I noticed from a lot of people is they'll say, well, I'm posting my stuff every day. Don't they know I sell? And yeah, they do. But sometimes people post pictures with no captions. Then you have other people who post pictures with no hashtags. So especially when you're on a platform like Instagram, if hashtags are will help you to get found, then how can new people potentially find you if you don't even use them? So if you don't fully utilize the features, then how is it that you're expecting an end result, but you're not putting in the front end effort? So as you look at your last seven posts, ask yourself this how many times did you particularly tell a person to go to your website? Or to give you a call. Now I know what you're thinking. Some people are gonna say, "Well, well, chef, I'm I'm an introvert, or you know, I don't really like asking for money, or I don't want to feel what's the word, salesy." But at the end of the day, if you are a business and you're not selling, it's not about you and your feelings. And if you do have those feelings, what are you doing to work on that? Because again, as a business owner part of you owning the bakery, owning the home bakery, is that you have to be a salesperson. So if sales, meaning talking about your price, talking about your value, because price and value are two different things. Talking about your worth, how you're the solution to someone's problem. Talking about how you can serve someone. Talking about your positioning, your messaging. All of that is a form of sales. And if you feel uneasy to have those conversations and you don't ask for the sale, then how can you ever really expect people to buy? So some examples when you're making your captions and when you're posting is real things and someone's going to say, oh, I know that, chef. Yeah, but knowing and doing, I was just telling this last night to my students, are two different things. Don't tell me what you know. Show me what you're going to do. So do you use verbs such as, hey, tap the link in my bio. DM me to reserve this. Give me a call at blah, 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 blah to get the ball rolling on your order. How many times do you actually tell people to buy from you? So tip number two is that you don't ask for the sale. And as women, we need to start stepping up and using our voice and not being afraid to talk about money, to talk about finances. And I talked about this in a past podcast. Sometimes those reasons are because some of us have all these different beliefs with money. Well, right now it's tight in my in my um, household or I'm on a tight budget. That's you, you're not your client. Your client could be ready to buy from you, but you honestly just never even opened up your mouth and told them you sell. And posting a picture and putting it out there, that doesn't let someone, they don't know if you're a hobby baker, if you're serious about this thing or what. So one of the reasons why some people don't sell is because they don't even ask for the sale. That's tip number two. Tip number three is that you have a negative mindset around sales. And this kind of goes into tip number two, but meaning you look at sales as as a bad thing, right? Sometimes you might feel, well, I don't wanna charge this person this much, because I wouldn't pay that. Or you're not setting goals for yourself. Like every single month you should have, what is a monthly sales goal? And then I'll talk to some people, they'll DM me or they'll book a coaching call and they're like, oh, well, I don't keep up with that stuff. Or, well, I don't, I don't want to know, or we really don't talk about money in my household. It's taboo. And I'm like, well, how do you know to improve your goals if you're afraid to even sit down and make goals in the first place? So you can't have a negative attitude towards wanting to attain sales in your business. And if you're not using any system or if you don't have any strategy, like take, for instance, this next week that's coming up, whatever year we're in, whatever time you're watching this, this next week that's coming up, what is your plan to make money? I find there's two people. Number one, there's a person that can tell me, okay, chef, here's what I plan to do. Number one, I have this promotion. Number two, I have this promotion. Number three, this is my daily offer. Number four, this is the pop-up that I'm gonna be at. And then there are other people who say, oh, well, I don't really have a sale. You know, as as sales come in, I just, I just make a post and then I kind of hope someone will buy. And that's what I call hope a post. It's like, you're literally only focused on, social media, or whatever platform that you use, and your only strategy is hoping that someone will order. So when you have a negative mindset around sales and you don't get excited, talking about money should excite you. Telling people how you can help them should excite you, but also setting goals every single week and measuring things that matter, such as your analytics, your insights, paying attention to your conversion percentage, those things should excite you. So try not to have a negative mindset around sales because that's one of the biggest reasons why I notice that people actually struggle with receiving sales. Number four is that your product doesn't match your promise. And what I mean by that, and this is a dose of tough love, is I meet people all the time. And I'm not saying you have to have the highest skill set. You don't have to have the sharpest edges or be the most amazing baker in the world. But at the end of the day, the products and services that you do put out, they need to align with who you say you are as a business. So like, I'm going to give an example of one of my past students. I had a past student and her name was Ghetto Gourmet. And I said, well, wait a minute. She had amazing products, but the name. So now we're going back to branding. And I love her like a fat kid loves Kate. I said, honey, here's the thing about that. is that gourmet people don't want to be ghetto. And most ghetto people might not associate with gourmet. So it's kind of like a, a, a oxymoron. So one of the things that I want you guys to pay attention to is that when you're putting products out there, you have to understand that your product has to match your promise. And your promise is being what you say your brand is, what you say you stand for, your mission. And sometimes there are people around you, I know so many bakers who are always like, I wanna be high-end, I want high-end customers. And I look and I'm like, you don't even have a high-end brand. You don't invest in yourself. You never had a photo shoot. You don't have a website. You don't have a look. When you do go to pop-up shops, you have wrinkled blankets. You don't wanna invest in a pop-up banner. So how is it that you're trying to position yourself to this person? but you don't have what this person is looking for. And so that's something to think about. Number four is that your product doesn't match your promise. Maybe you're trying to be luxury, but you don't wanna get the boxes and you serve stuff in plastic. Maybe you should try to be more of an economical brand, but you look at that as a bad thing and it's not. Y'all think of cookies. When we look at brands and stuff like that, Pepperish Farm, you might get six or seven cookies for three bucks. Oreo that's another brand maybe a little bit more economical you get 30 cookies in a bag for three bucks too but that doesn't stop Oreo from being a multi-million dollar company so sometimes I think people they they overdo it with their skill set they're trying to learn all the things be all the things do all the things and they think if I could just master this this next skill and they pay attention to nothing else nothing else. So it doesn't matter how amazing the product is, if the marketing, the branding and the packaging behind what it is you're trying to sell doesn't align with who it is you say you are. So that's tip number four. And the example with the name, she's definitely changed her name and her whole rebranding since then. Her The name of her business now is Love and Soul. It's amazing. But there are so many people out there, you guys, with names like that and no one's told you, hey, sis, hey, bro, I'm not trying to be mean. but That name is kind of it doesn't fit you. Your name should attract your ideal client, not mean something to you. I mean, it could have some sort of meaning as if maybe it comes from like family or something like that. And it's part of your mission statement. But you can't have a name with slang and all these other type of things. And then expect someone to get behind your mission when they don't see themselves in your business. That's my people who want to always misspell stuff. You want to put a Z on the end because you think it's it's uh cute and someone else may view it as tacky, as tasteless. Uh, you want to use jargon and and stuff like that. So just think about that. Your product has to match your promise. Number five is you're targeting the wrong person. So this is a big one. I meet a lot of people who have amazing talent. It's kind of the opposite of number four, but yet they're afraid to get out they know who their ideal client should be, but they never meet these people. So they're comfortable being in their neighborhood. They don't wanna step out of their neighborhood. But the problem with that is that when people in your neighborhood are like Cousin Billy Bob or Cousin Bone Creek, and those people don't wanna buy your products, you feel some type of way. These are the people who normally say, oh, they won't pay that around here, okay? So if they're not gonna pay that around here, then what are you going to do to get out of here, wherever here is? And normally you don't do anything. So you have a good product. Your stuff is great. I met a young lady one time and she told me she was so excited about this event. And I said, well, where is this going to be at? And she was like, oh, it's at a high school stadium, um, like in the bleachers. Everybody's going to get a little section, to advertise their business. And then I told her, I said, well, I thought you told me about this other event. Like it was a bridal show that was in your area. And she was like, Oh girl, I didn't want to pay that shit. Can you believe they wanted a thousand dollars? And I started listening and I was like, well, how much is this high school event, you know, charging you 20. So she had an amazing product, but because she didn't believe in investing herself. Now I'm like, there, there's nothing wrong with doing high school events, depending on who you are. Maybe you're a person that makes character cakes or something like that. However, think about the type of caliber of a person that would have been attending this bridal show." I'm like, you have people who are brides who are generally looking to make more of a higher purchase. So the average transaction value might be a little higher. But yet she didn't want to go to the places where her ideal target client was because she didn't want to invest in herself. She didn't want to step out of her comfort zone. So you got all the right things, but you're putting it in front of the wrong people. Number five, you're targeting the wrong person. That's one of the reasons why people struggle with sales. And even to take that a step further, some of you guys have local magazines in your area and they have a prime, prime, they have a prime way of putting you in contact with some amazing people. And when I first started my business, there are several magazines that I used to invest in because I knew the type of caliber of a person who would read those magazines. And so when I talk to some of you guys locally, you're like, oh, no, I don't I do not do that. I don't pay attention to that. Or I don't want to pay that. Or it's like, well, damn, you don't want to pay nothing. You just expect the world to be given to you on a silver platter. You want to put out very little, but receive very much. And it doesn't work like that. So tip number five is you're targeting the wrong person. Tip number six goes with number five as well, but it will be your lack of investing in yourself. So I meet too often people who kind of have a a stigma with spending money. We're quick to criticize. We see something that's for us. Maybe it could be a class, but maybe the class was like $200, $500, $1,000. And we think, I'm not going to pay that. I'm not going to give her that. But it's not that you're giving her that, it's that you're exchanging with her money for a service. So wherever you are right now in life, wherever you are in your business, there is someone that is further along than you. And if that person has the answer to what it is you're struggling to, rather than wanting to invest in that person or buy that product and service, You don't invest, period, because your mind thinks, oh, I don't want to pay for that. Oh, that's out on YouTube. Well, well, let me ask you something. Just like there are people who listen to this podcast. Oh, I can get it all from the podcast. If that's the case, then why are you not happy right now with where you are? If the answers are all on YouTube, then why do you struggle in the first place if the answer's on YouTube? It's not. So I'm not telling you to invest in me. This can be people in your local community. This can be community programs. At your local community college, I can't tell you how many times I tell people, you know, your local community college offers pricing classes, business classes, if that's what you're interested in. But then to take it a step further, it is things that you need in your business. So many of you guys run to Michaels because you don't want to order from BRP or you don't want to order wholesale when wholesale can actually save you money. Yes, you spend more money up front, but you save money down the road. So your lack of wanting to make the change that needs to happen in your business is what caused you to not have not have sales. So just think about that going forward and especially things such as I met a young lady last week and she took offense a little bit and I I recommended doilies and she was like, you know, I don't use doilies because I get so much more use with aluminum foil. And I'm like, all right, here we go again. Now we're going back. So you're making pound cakes and you're putting aluminum foil underneath. But then you're wondering why people aren't buying. This gives off hobby. As the young people say, it's it's given cheap. Right. So why would I invest in you when it doesn't look like you want to invest in yourself? So, tip number six, you're not investing in yourself. Tip number seven is you make the buying process hard. I went to a pop up one time and this lady had this beautiful stuff and I had made these selections and I got ready to pay and I whipped out my card and she said, Oh, I only do Cash App or Venmo. And I was like, Oh, okay. So I took all the stuff and I sat it down and she kept trying to convince me, Oh, you don't have the app. Oh, it's easy. And no, I didn't have the app. I don't keep the Cash App app on my phone and I don't keep the Venmo app because I don't use either one of those services. So when you make it hard for people to buy from you or this is the people who don't have websites. So now in order for us to order for you, we have to DM you. No one wants to DM you. We don't even know you. When I DM you, what am I even supposed to say? Like, then there are people, I see these people in the groups. I'm so tired of these customer messages. I'm so tired of all these messages. I'm so tired of these people texting me at all times. Then get a website. If you had a website that had all of that information listed, you can direct the person to where they needed to go. So when you make the buying process hard, people are not going to buy. I'm just going to be scrolling and I'm going to scroll on to somebody else who has a website. I can fill out that order form and get what it is that I need. It gives off hustle. And not everyone wants to invest in that. Don't make the buying process hard. You should have a link in your bio. You should have a highlight that lets people know if you're on Instagram, Instagram highlight features. Now they even have the Instagram pinning feature. You can go back a couple episodes where I talk about pinning, but no one wants to jump through hoops and fires to try to give your ass money. And for my cash app people who think, oh, I don't want to pay taxes. Trust me, it's going to come to light. You're still going to end up receiving the 1099K once they realize the amount of transactions you've been handling. So handle your business, get a business license, pay your taxes and operate like a legitimate business. You can't want to be an entrepreneur 2% and then not want to take on the rest of the responsibility. Everybody wants to be a boss. Oh, I'm a boss. I'm building a brand. You paid your taxes. Uh, No, you're not a boss. You're a hustler. And so when you hustle and you make the buying process easy, don't feel some type of way when people don't buy. Well, when you make the buying process hard, don't feel some type of way when people don't buy. All right. Tip number eight is you don't study data. So there's one thing I want to ask you right now for this week. What is your website analytics? How much traffic does you have to your website? And what is your top ranked social media posts? What do your insights say? What is the top reach for one of the top posts that you shared? What post on your Instagram generates the most website taps? What is your bounce rate for those people who have a website? What is your conversion rate? What was your conversion rate yesterday? Out of all the sales, out of all the calls, out of all the conversations that you had, what was your conversion rate? If you're unfamiliar with things such as conversion rate, bounce rate, analytics, insights, you're not paying attention to data. And so honestly, a business can only run off of data. So what happens is that when we get these things, but then we neglect to take care of these things, to pay attention to the numbers, to say, okay, how could I have done better? Where's where's the disconnect? If I'm getting the traffic, but people aren't buying, why are they not converting? And if I'm taking these calls and people are inquiring, why is my conversion rate low? What is it that I'm doing? What is it that I'm saying? What is it that I'm not saying? right? So paying attention to data is so important in our business. Data is one of the only ways that we can grow a business. So tip number eight is you don't study data. And when you don't study data, there is a lack of no sales because how can you know to get better if you don't know where you struggle in or what you struggle in? Tip number nine, you are taking all the classes but not doing all the action. And I know this to be true for so many people. You can take my class. You can take Natasha's class. You can take 50 other million people's classes. And hell, some of you guys listening, you have. You've taken classes from all the bakery business coaches, but you haven't moved on anything. And so it can't be, oh, this person's right, or this person's way don't work, or this person. All of us can only give you strategy and put you on game, but we can't play the game for you. I can give you a million tips, but I can't take action for you. And so I find with so many people is that they actually don't have a problem investing. They have a problem in acting. They will buy a class quick. A new class comes out. Whoop! Let me buy that. Whoop! Let me buy that. Let me buy that. You buy classes like they're uh, baseball collectibles. You literally have everyone's class. But there are some classes you've never even opened. You don't even follow through. You don't even take action. It goes in one ear and out the other. So you're taking all the classes, but you're not doing all the things. And so if you learn something, but you don't take what you learn to improve, to self-correct, then you're still at a standstill. And so that's one of the biggest reasons that causes people to not really see sales or success, because it makes no sense to have the answer if you actually don't apply it. Tip number 10, tip number 10 is kind of a twofold. Then there are other people who have what's called analysis paralysis. And then there are other people who suffer from what we call perfectionism. So analysis paralysis, if you're analyzing everything, everything, but you're afraid to change anything, then that's a problem. And some people, analysis paralysis is kind of like a form of wanting perfectionism, because some people will say, well, I'm I'm not going to put it out yet because it's not perfect. Okay, well, you're still broke. So why don't you just put the thing out anyways? The thing with perfectionism is sometimes we chase perfectionism and we want things to be so nice and so well done. And there's nothing wrong with having an amazing execution, but you can't get better until you get feedback. So how can you make that thing perfect, that cake, that new flavor? How can it never become perfect if you never even give it a try? Did you put it out there? Did you have a focus group? Like you're perfecting something that you're working on rather than putting it out for other people to give you feedback. And that's because sometimes we don't even do well with accepting feedback from others. Like this whole entire podcast, someone, ah, that's not me. I'm not listening to that. I'm not listening to that. I'm only here giving you feedback. So we have to kind of leave analysis paralysis alone. It's okay to think on things, but set dates. Tell yourself, you know what, I'm going to think about this this week, but the next week I'm going to do it. If you're planning a campaign or promotion, it doesn't take you months and months and months to think about what you're going to serve for Thanksgiving or Christmas. You think about it for one week and then the second week you show up and do it. It doesn't take you years to come up with a Valentine's menu. You think about it one week and then the next week you show up and do it. And so, so many people spend time analyzing what they should be doing. So they're thinking about all the action they should take, but they're not taking any action. And then they'll say, well, oh, it's it's because I'm a perfectionist. Honey, you can only get better until you do the thing. I would rather you do what I like to tell my students, B plus work. Do the best you can. Let's put it out there, and then let's check and adjust as we go. Rather than you not put anything out there, and then now you don't make any money. So analysis paralysis and perfectionism—that's tip number ten. Tip number eleven comes from Juvenile, <laughs> one of the rap artists. He has a song, and this had came to my mind, but um, it's a song, and it says, "For those who don't listen to rap, I'll tell you the lyrics. It says." You're a paper chaser. you got your block on fire. You remain a G until the moment you expire. You know what it is. You make nothing out of something. You handle your biz and you're not crying and fronting. Now, what that means to just break that on down, you're a paper chaser, meaning that you chase money, not trends. And so what he was referring to in that song, in that rap, and I don't want you to go look it up if you don't listen to rap, but even the line where it says, you remain a G and make nothing out of something. So when we think about the word G, OG, which some people refer to as original gangster, it's just a term. However... These were people who stuck to the classics. When you look up Urban Dictionary and you were to actually look up what the word means, it's people who value the classics over newer versions of items. That's what makes them OGs, originals, right? Because they're not carbon copies of other people. So, basically, what I mean by using this song, this whole example, is that some of you guys, you're not a paper chaser, you're a trend chaser. And the reason why you can't remain a G is because you remain. A knockoff. You're a cookie cutter version of what you see someone else succeeding at because you don't want to stand in your own gift. So you can't remain a G until the moment you expire, meaning you can't stay original in the game until it's over because you're always changing the game. You're always chasing what someone else is doing. I'm always anti trend. In fact, when you listen to this podcast, and for those who are even in my monthly group coaching call, one of the biggest traits that my students who have 1K days, one of the biggest common things that I see with all of those students, with any student who's been on this podcast, who's had like a $1,000 day as a home baker or even more, none of them follow trends. None of them. Monique, cinnamon rolls. Whoopie pies, shoe pan, cake, chef Jennifer, desserts. None of my students, and I definitely tell them, don't do this. They remain a G. They stick to the classics. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. So when the song says you're a paper chaser, you got your block on fire, meaning that you have your community lit. So one of the reasons why you struggle with the sales. Is because when you're chasing trends, your community kind of doesn't have a reason to get behind you because you're the jack of all trades, but a master of none. I don't know what to call you for because every other week on your social media, you're doing something different. You're not an OG. There's nothing original about you. You see someone else. Oh, I'm gonna do this. Oh, I'm gonna do this. Oh, I'm gonna do this. Oh, I'm gonna do that. And you have your own unique gift inside of you, but you don't want to follow through because you want microwave results versus delayed gratification. And so that's the biggest thing I see with people. I know I had Demi on here, one of my students, and Demi had went viral for these Brookies and so many bakers came, which which is sad and we shouldn't. And if you're listening to this, I hope you're not this baker. They came and they commented on her post that went viral. Oh, I could do this, oh, I could do this, oh, I could do this. But it was her thing. So it didn't matter if you tried to to do it, change it, flip it, trick it. That's one of the biggest things behind favor. And that's why there's an old folk saying that says favor isn't fair. Favor meaning the gifts, the talents and the rewards that you receive are not fair when you stay true to yourself. So it's hard to be a paper chaser when you're a trend chaser. And it's hard to have your block on fire and to get people excited and inspired about you when people don't even know what the hell they're following you for in the first place. So start chasing your own beliefs and your own gifts versus chasing trends. I'm anti-trend. Don't do it. You can't have longevity in a business if you're always changing. It's cool to be fresh, to be aware, but take the trend and make it your own. You don't become the trend. You set the trend. And just look at it different. Number 12 is you're afraid to make change. And this is a lot of people. I meet a lot of people and for multiple reasons. So when you're not seeing sales in your business and you're getting help, you're looking at the things, but you're afraid to do something either because it's fear, because you don't want to get out of your comfort zone, because you're afraid to call the shots, Because the minute you make a change, if it doesn't work, you're quick to say, well, that didn't work. Okay, (laughs) no one says you have to make change just once. You try again and again and again. And if you first you don't succeed, you get back up and try again. But if you're too afraid to even try in the first place, nothing will change unless you do. I was reading something one time and it was so nice because There's a saying that people say no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And I was reading this and it said, but what happens when the weapon is you? And I felt that because sometimes people will say, you know, nothing against me, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Sometimes you're the weapon that's causing yourself to not prosper. Being stuck in old ways, not wanting to face problems head on. Pointing the finger at everybody else. It's them. They won't pay that here. They won't do it. It's always somebody else. But there's never a mirror to your own actions. There's never any self-reflection. And so when we're afraid to make change, old keys don't unlock new doors. So we stay stuck. And then you stay broke. Nothing will ever change until you do. And number 14, one of the reasons why so many bakers struggle with sales is because they neglect taking responsibility. And that's what all of these tips were for. So if you don't take responsibility for your own actions, and if you don't ask for help, no one knows to help you. And it's easy, it's easy to show up. And to, well, not just for some people, it's easy to show up, but it's easy to dismiss things. And it's easy to say, oh, well, that worked for them, but that won't work for me. And so a lot of times we tell ourselves in our mind, all the reasons why something won't work or all the reasons why we can't be successful Rather than taking responsibility for our own action and actually making change, which relates to number 12, you're afraid to make change. So making change is one thing, but taking responsibility is something totally different. Because no one can control your business, no one can control your outcome but you. So what do I mean by taking responsibility? There's a few things that I recommend to people, like one of those things is to actually get out in your business and market. But if you never apply, if you don't fill out the application, if you don't take the responsibility and and do that, then how can you actually garner more visibility for your business? Another thing is to sit down and do your taxes, like just small tips and things that should be done in your business. Another thing is to show up and be consistent. So many people say, I'm not selling right now. Business is slow right now. And then I look, I'm like, you haven't even posted in a week. Do people even know you're still open? Another thing is getting feedback. I always ask my students, they'll say, chef, what flavor should I do this? What flavor should I do that? Honey, I don't know. I'm not eating your products. You have a following. Talk. I'll ask people, do you go live on your business? Do you talk to your customers? Uh, uh-uh, 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 not me. Uh-uh, nope, I don't go live. You make reels? Do you show your face? Uh-uh, nope, uh-uh, nah, not me. Well, it's like there are so many features out there for free that will allow you to get feedback and have conversations with the people that actually want to buy and spend money from you. But if you don't use any of those features, then whose responsibility is that? I can't make you use the poll button in your stories. You have to run a poll. I can't make you go live. You have to take responsibility and go live. When you're at a pop up and you notice people aren't buying from you and it's slow you need to open up your mouth and ask your community what type of products and services do you need what do you feel you need for your business and when we don't have those conversations Then we sit in our chair and we mope and now we're sad. We made all this stuff. We brought it to a pop-up and it didn't sell. And not once did we ever open our mouth and take responsibility and say, well, hey, I'm a new business here in town. This is what I operate. I would love to know how can I serve you. If none of these products speak to you, can you let me know what you're interested in so that we can get some feedback? It's like people are so afraid to be, I don't necessarily want to say criticized, but critiqued. Or people are afraid to hear something that might not align with what they want to hear. Everybody wants to hear the happiness, the joy, right? Here's here's two ways to build your business. Here's five ways to grow your email list. Here's this, here's this, here's this. But when none of that is working, no one wants to take responsibility and say, okay, well, I tried some of that and it didn't go my way. Or truth be told, I didn't try any of that. So if any of these spoke to you, I hope it helped. Everybody goes through a season. No one is perfect. It's not like I just started out in my business and sales just went droop. It did grow and I am grateful and growth always comes over time. But every single month I sit back and I analyze everything that I did because a business has seasons. Sometimes you're in a season of visibility. Sometimes you're in a season of scaling. Sometimes you're in a season of trying to garner more traffic and get more awareness. But whenever you're in a season to where you're not selling, your sales won't get better if you don't ask why. Even customers, I meet some people sometimes they'll say, well, I sell stuff and people will tell me it's good and they never come back. I never hear from them. And I'm like, hmm, that's kind of odd. Something is off around here. Sometimes we don't even want to admit, are my cakes dry? Did I actually put this recipe out and let other people taste it and, and get some feedback? So because if you're able to get the customer, but then the customer doesn't come back, I don't, sometimes that's a problem. And if we don't really look within and study the reason why is that, we won't be able to get better. So I hope all of these reasons helped you. If there was one particular thing on here and you're like, you know what? I I think I do do that. Or I think that is a habit. I'm going to challenge you. What can you do today to change? But also what can you do in the next 30 days? Because one of the things with accepting responsibility is accept responsibility if you're a person that has limited beliefs that's holding you back. If it's your actions that's holding you back. And by actions, I actually mean inaction. Are you not taking any? Are you one of those people? Yeah, I know I should be consistent. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. Knowing and doing separate common sense is not always common practice. So today, let's accept responsibility to dig a little deeper And to push harder and to give our all. But understand, if you're in a season right now where you're not receiving sales, it's just a season. You won't be there forever. Change your mindset and start saying, you know what? The sales might not be coming in right now, but what can I do to stay busy? If that's getting feedback, changing what I need to change, investing in what I need to invest, getting out into the community, doing all the things that I need to do to attract people to me. But don't just stay in a slump and, oh, woe is me. I don't have no sales. And don't have a spirit of envy and bitterness and looking at other people. Oh, they always win it. I I do the same thing as her. I don't know why she always book. It could be because she's doing more than just the item. She's marketing. She's studying what works, what doesn't work. She's investing in a coach. She's getting help. She's showing up for herself. So let's take responsibility when our business doesn't have sales and work on what needs to be worked on so that we can show up and be brighter and share more of our gifts with our community and with our world, because that's what you were called on this earth to do. And sit back and think about all the amazing times that you did have sales. What worked? And what happened? Did you change something? Sometimes things can be going right and we mess it up. I have several students who who do this. I actually have one an amazing story. I know she won't mind me sharing. Her name her name is Miss Lenore, and she makes these awesome pies and cinnamon rolls, and she also does these wedding cakes. And I can remember a time where she was like, you know, people keep asking me for this stuff, but I'm trying to I'm trying to book more wedding cakes. I'm trying to do this, and because she was learning all the wedding cake things, and I'm like, but Lenore, if they're asking you for this, why don't you give it to them? Right. Like not everyone rolls out of bed wanting a wedding cake. They want other things. So finally, she started putting more of it out there. Hey, y'all, I got cinnamon rolls. I got pies. She was focused on pushing something that meant a lot to her that allowed her to study her craft. But people were asking for something else. They wanted something else for her fr- from her. So the market was demanding one thing, but she was pushing another. But when she started pushing the pies and the smaller things and things that clients want, the sales came. And they also came in the form of corporate orders. She did like a cookie order for Chase Bank. People started seeing how they can use her products and services. And she noticed that more people were actually into the smaller things than the wedding cakes. She still does wedding cakes, does amazing wedding cakes. And now fast forward, she even has a subscription box. She was even on the news recently sharing how you can get her pies and all of her other smaller items in a subscription box. So now she's working on setting up a way for her to have passive income in her business. That's taking responsibility. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. So if you're not making sales right now, what were you making sales with? How can you sell more of that? Go back to what works in your business. All right, you guys, I hope these tips help. Please tag me on social media. I would love to know and stay, stay in the game. All right, y'all, business is up and down. So don't let a season of not receiving sales throw you off. It's only going to be a small time. Rather than get upset from it, learn from it. Show up and execute and dig deep and ask yourself why. And once you dig deep and you accept responsibility and you're able to make change, you can see a drastic turnaround in your business. But you'll never get to where it is you're trying to go if you give up. And I don't want you to give up. Some of y'all are so talented. So don't give up. Don't do it. Show up until you blow up. That's something that I always say because consistency always wins. Thanks so much for listening. Hope this helped. Bye for now.